Hello and welcome. These are some sermons given by Monsignor Rosito from the years 1995 to the year 2016. Enjoy. Ascension of our Lord into heaven. And the epistle is taken from the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, the book that follows the four Gospels of the life of Christ. In the former book, O Theophilus, I spoke of all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day on which he was taken up after he had given commandments through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them also he showed himself alive after his passion by many proofs during forty days, appearing to them and speaking of the kingdom of God. And while eating with them, he charged them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, of which you have heard, said he, by my mouth. For John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. They therefore who had come together began to ask him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? But he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you, re you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the very ends of the earth. And when he had said this, he was lifted up before their eyes, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing up to heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white garments and said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up to heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, shall come in the same way as you have seen him going up to heaven. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel according to St. Mark. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. At that time, Jesus appeared to the eleven disciples as they were at table, and he upbraided them for their lack of faith and hardness of heart, in that they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs shall attend those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall get well. So when the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them, and confirmed the preaching by the signs that followed. So far are the words of this day's Holy Gospel. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sits at the right hand of God. These are words taken from the gospel of today's Holy Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, The apostles ended their stay with Jesus 
by looking up, following him with their eyes until a cloud took them out of their sight. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking up into the heavens? And yet that is what we join the apostles in doing today. Christ came at a time unknown to men and he lived among them so quietly they did not know he was here until he revealed himself gradually in his public ministry. He came as a savior to teach men the ways of God. We know this story, we repeat it so many times, and yet it bears repeating again and again to get it focused clearly so that we will end up looking up to heaven, not to this earth where we were born, on which we live, from which we will depart. Hopefully our departure will be with Christ, to be with him as he is seated at the right hand of his Father in heaven. He told his followers, it is necessary that I leave you. And these words bring sorrow to your heart. I am going away, but I am coming back again. And he compares their sorrow to a woman about to give birth we know that our life is similar to this sequence of bringing forth life in that there is inconvenience in conceiving in bearing a child there is mourning sickness through the days and weeks and there's discomfort and there's difficulty truly a burden but when birth comes, there is pain of a significant kind that there is nothing to compare with it, we're told, unless those who have given birth can explain it because they know what it's like. But then after that comes the joy. And forgotten is the pain, the discomfort, the inconvenience of the process of giving new life, giving birth. And you might say that our life on this earth is similar to that. It's quiet at the beginning, and as we go into the teenage years, we have the conflicts, and we have the responsibilities of mature years, the difficulties, the pains, the sorrows, and at the end of life, almost an agony, sometimes to die. But then will come the joy that no one will take from you. Eternal life. In that place, hopefully, as we prepare in this birth development on earth, where eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, what things God has prepared for those who love him. If we could have just one glimpse of heaven, I'm sure that all that it takes to give birth to glorification would be insignificant by comparison with that joy, that 
great, great gratitude, that love, that experience of ecstasy, of what heaven is. But God doesn't give us that glimpse. He tells us how to get there. And he says it's not easy, but it's worth the effort. Now, however he puts it, this is what it all comes down to. That we should learn to follow our eyes after Christ all the way from Bethlehem through the quiet period, through the development period, through the preaching, the rejection, the agony, the scourging, the crowning, the crucifixion, whatever it takes. And anyone who really learns to know what the spiritual life is, we talk about the spiritual life, again I tell you it's more than that, it's the supernatural life that began at baptism. And we're told the truths of our faith, and we're given the commandments that we are to obey, to live. That is not the inclination that we have because our hearts are inclined to evil, but we have to restrain them. And there's a pain, there is a burden, there's a, there's a sorrow, there's a difficulty to conform to the ways of God because they are different from human ways. But God has not called us to be merely human because that condition is a fallen human state. But to be elevated human beings into the supernatural status of God himself. And he gives us a sharing in that divine life of God through baptism. It's difficult. It's like a baby in the womb. It cannot see. cannot really move. cannot experience too much. Who knows how much consciousness there is there. And we wonder, how much do we see of God's revelation? We hear the words. We try to imagine the pictures. But they fade away. And again and again we have to reinforce these truths of our faith in our mind until they begin to take hold, until they begin to develop within us a structure that gives us hope. That whatever we suffer, whatever we have to go through, whatever pains God requires of us to mature and develop and grow by, is worthwhile. We know God is faithful to his promises. It's up to us to keep our part of the requirements for our salvation. But Christ has given us all this. Then he says, the Holy Ghost will come. If I do not go, he will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so he goes. And there is sorrow in the hearts of the apostles to see him leave. Even though he goes to his rightful place as the first human being to sit at the right hand of the Father but also as the Son returning to his place as he always held it as the second person of the Blessed Trinity. But he goes there to prepare a place for human beings, being one himself. So he tells us, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you. Now it's up to you to occupy that mansion by keeping your eyes fixed on Christ, as we say, from Bethlehem through Nazareth to Jerusalem to the crucifixion and then to the resurrection and now to the ascension. That our eyes may be fixed on Christ where he sits at the right hand of the Father 
and returns to us in a most marvelous way. In the mystery of faith, in the mystery of the Blessed Sacrament, oh, how we take that so much for granted. And yet, our Lord measures to us this gift according to the capacity we have to receive it. Now, here is the trick. Here is the effort. Here is the accomplishment to meet Christ halfway. You know, on the last Sunday of the church year, we talk about the end of the world. And those who will be caught up into the air will meet Christ there, as if it were halfway. He will come in the clouds of glory to judge the living and the dead. We will be there. All those from Adam and Eve on to the last person on this earth will be there when Christ comes again. And what mansion will we have? Will it be great? Will it be small? Certainly it will be sufficient. But what have we done to prepare that place on what Christ has done that we cooperate with? And so when he says, I will come again, he does come, but on our terms, as it were. For those who have a small amount of faith, a small amount of reward or grace is given. To those who have become aware and alive to their religion and strive to know it and with effort practice it, even when it takes a little bit of biting the tongue or sitting on your hands or turning the other cheek, these are difficult things, but remember this is what we have to learn to do because it's not our natural inclination to be like Christ, to keep our eyes fixed on the Master. It's a beautiful psalm in the Old Testament. As a servant girl has her eyes fixed on the hands of her mistress, so are my eyes fixed on the hands of the Lord, that I may learn from him how to perform my duties as he would direct me. We hear these echoes. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to thy word. Or thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or the words of again our blessed mother through the servants at the wedding feast. Do whatever he tells you. Water will turn into wine. Um, the last of our Lord's life in the Garden of Agony. Father, if this chalice will not pass from me, except that I drink it, thy will be done. We talk about childbirth, birth pangs, agony, suffering. Our Lord sweat drops of blood, not perspiration. But he gave birth to the church as his side was pierced on the cross on Good Friday. There came forth blood and water. And this was the well, the spring that sprang forth with life gushing from within that enlightens those who receive of it who come to Christ and not only look on at a distance but carry with him that cross that he bore. Walk the steps that he walked. Hang from nails that pierced his hands and feet.
We can use poetic terms, but until you go through birth, you will know what it means to say the words of sorrow and anguish. And each of us has to find that way to Christ, to look at Christ all the way, but to look beyond the cross to the resurrection and beyond the resurrection to the ascension. But Christ now sits at the right hand of the Father, never more to suffer, no more to accomplish, except now to let the Holy Ghost expand and expend what treasures he has earned for all of us in an infinite ocean of grace. Sad if we do not come to drink of that ocean. Sad if the reservoir has pipes that bring the water right to your very home and you never turn on the faucet because you are fed with the soft drinks of television or the newspaper or daily occupations or concerns and seldom is a thought given to Christ who sits at the right hand of God waiting to prepare a place for you and you forget you're asleep. Well, the words addressed to St. Peter, but to all of us, Peter, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And not just the temptations that are gross and, and, and recognizable, but those subtle temptations. Remember, if the devil cannot get you to do something evil and wrong, he will then try to keep you from doing something good and right. And we have to watch. We have to study. We have to think and meditate and pray that the light of God begins to penetrate this darkness. Though we can see with our eyes and understand to some degree with our minds, we need that living faith that has the Holy Ghost empowering it, giving us that kind of awareness that helps it then to put the gears into action, to shift into first and start moving along the ways of virtue reading the lives of the saints and comparing their times with ours and the challenges that they have that we have and how we can solve our problems as they did by keeping our eyes fixed on Christ. Not on the Pope, not on the bishop, not on the priest, not on the religious, not on your neighbors, not on your relatives, but on Christ. You'll never be disappointed if you look at Christ. He is the Savior. And he is the one whom we follow. And if we don't follow him, then our journey will lead anywhere else except to the mansion or to the right hand of the Father where Christ sits waiting for us. So let us look up then tonight to Christ and let us never forget to keep our eyes fixed on him because he has achieved his reward. And what does he tell us? Fear not, little flock, for I have overcome. And you will receive from me that strength to overcome likewise. But remember, whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever you think, if you have done it to the least of these, my brothers, you have done it to me. So where is the focus then? The focus then is to Christ in each one. If he's not there, to put him there. If he is there, to keep him there and to increase him by the kindness of our words, the thoughts, the charity of our actions, to treat people like you would treat Christ. And then you will begin to see Christ who comes to you in the most striking way, not in the mystery of the Blessed Sacrament only, but in the 
civilization of our times and the people we meet in the occasions that challenge us either to with pride turn away or with humility to accept those difficulties that would be so easy to crush and just cause to disappear like a piece of crumpled waste paper into a basket we don't throw people or situations away like that our Lord didn't and neither can we so let us be patient with one another let us try to understand ourselves as we try to understand others let us learn to practice to put ourselves in their place for just a little while not looking at them but letting them look at you and see what it looks like that from their point of view perhaps you misjudged them perhaps you expected too much from them perhaps you attributed motives that were unfair because it looked like they were being sinister or evil or ugly or mean and they had no such thought in their heart and the burden is upon you because you have failed in the justice and in the mercy that is the way of Christ our Lord look at the instances in the Gospels the Samaritan woman a woman who had five husbands did our Lord tell her she was going to hell he simply asks for a favor from her a glass of water and of course in the exchange she in the end brings the town people to him she's an apostle for Christ even though she was married five times now how do we treat people who have failed who have gone astray do we condemn them or do they become apostles for Christ because of the good that is also there we see the half empty glass but we must learn to look to see Christ in the half full glass that can be filled the rest of the way both for ourselves and for others yes I am coming to you again but where is he looking up into heaven he has come in the person of your neighbor your friend your enemy and he says do unto others as you would have them do to you and if we keep our eyes fixed on Christ we will see him we will hear him we will act toward him in those whom we meet on this earth this fallen condition where the war of the angels continues yet in the war of mankind engage in that same contact or uh, con uh, contest of uh, good against evil and we need to have that good spirit the spirit of God himself the Holy Spirit given to us but we must be open to receiving him not thinking we've received him but truly by our fruits we will examine ourselves and know so today as we celebrate this very important feast of the ascension of Christ into heaven it's not just thrown in it's an epic it's a milestone it's a finale for Christ and an encouragement for us to be like unto him so we've gone through Christmas we've gone through Lent we've gone through Easter now let us go through the Ascension and keep our eyes fixed on Christ where he is seated at the right hand of the Father but remember he says I will come back again to you in the Blessed Sacrament in Holy Communion but in the contact with your neighbors where you practice this life I have given to you according to the degree you have faith hope and charity because I can only come to you to the degree you come to me 
And if you come halfway, I can only come halfway. But if you come all the way, you will be fully enclosed within me. And I will take your place. And you will live in me, and I in you. And the oneness is complete. And that is the mansion that we'll have at the end of your life for all eternity. So let us look up to heaven. Sorsum corda, the prayers of the preface say, lift up your hearts. And at the end of the world, what is going to be said? When you see these miseries, these tragedies, this tribulation coming, it will mark the end of the world. Lift up your hearts, for your redemption is at hand. It's not a time of punishment, because we have done what Christ said. And though we are going to have to suffer, nevertheless, the outcome will be joy and glory and eternal happiness. And there's every reason to look up. So when tragedies come, when difficulties uh, afflict you, lift up your hearts, lift up your eyes, look at heaven. Whatever you suffer is nothing compared to what you're going to receive. A small payment. So there should be joy and peace in the anguish of what you suffer in giving birth to eternal life. Lift up your hearts, lift up your mind, lift up your life, look at Christ. And let him lead you then to where he is in the glory of his Father forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.